0: Hey gang, I'm Nikki LaCroce, and you're listening to Who the Fuck? A show that explores the power of human connection and the profound resilience of the human spirit through compassionate conversations that help you better understand yourself so you can live with the sense of peace, purpose, and joy that you deserve. Each episode offers a safe space for guests to share intimate details of their personal journey and lessons learned along the way as we all seek to answer life's most important question, Who the fuck am I? Hi, I'm Nikki LaCroce and you're listening to Who the Fuck. And today on our episode, I am talking to Anne-Marie Espina. She is a transformational ADHD coach and I will let Anne-Marie explain exactly what that means. But before we fully dive into all of it, thank you so much for joining. Thank you for chatting with me. Your energy is great. Your content that you put out is just really informative and it doesn't feel like you're being sold. It feels like you're being shown what you can do, which is what really drew me in. Yeah.
1: Thanks so much for having me. I'm honestly so excited about this today. I love your vibe. I love your energy. And when two people collide, that have a lot of passion. It's amazing. So I'm excited to chat with you today. You know, we've talked one-on-one, so I feel like
0: I know you, but we don't know each other that well. So I started digging a little bit and I was looking more, but you could tell because I like retro liked a shit ton of your content. I was like, yes, that too, this plus one. You'd recently posted a video about hitting the 20 year mark since you were diagnosed with ADHD. And I've only been diagnosed for, I think maybe three years now. Um, And that was very very life-changing as an adult. So can you tell me a little bit about your experience when you were first diagnosed? Because you were younger, I-, I wonder what types of differences there are in those experiences.
1: Yeah, I think it's vastly, vastly different, right? I think at any point there's a lot of differences. I was actually diagnosed three times. The first time I was diagnosed I was like 10 or 12 years old, Because I really, really struggled in school. And the other two times I was diagnosed because the first post-secondary I went to, they were like, this diagnosis is too old. And then the university that I went to two or three years later in Australia said the same thing. That was really hard to get diagnosed there because I, at the time was on medication and I believed that I couldn't function without it. I just like have so much to kind of like say about the whole
0: thing. Please say it. I think that what's really important is to understand, you know, sort of how... You end up jumping through hoops to try to make your life work for you. So I'm really wondering, how did you ultimately kind of land where you are? You were getting repeated diagnoses. So the question wasn't if this was something that you needed to address. It was just how were you going to address it? And how could you consistently address it if you were facing these challenges? Is that sort of what it became?
1: Well, yeah, I was talking to one of my friends who is a, a psychologist actually on an Instagram live. Her name is Michelle. And, you know, having a label of ADHD at such a young age is really not a good thing for someone's self-esteem. And so because what happened was, although I got many necessary Like tools for support to have accommodations in school. And I was in the special math class and the special English class, you know, and I've always had confidence, but for many years of my life, it was really masking the lack of self-esteem and lack of self-worth that I had. And it was because I believed that there was something wrong with me. And I remember being on my bed recently after that diagnosis. And I was just crying and like, just, I was so angry. Cause I was like, I just want a normal brain. Like what's wrong with me, you know? And I actually believe there was something wrong with me. And I think the whole experience of ADHD, you know, I'm at a place now where I don't even identify as somebody who has symptoms because I don't even identify as somebody who has ADHD anymore, because I've just gotten myself to this place where I don't experience them anymore. And getting myself to this place, it's not rocket science, but the way that the system and when you go into the doctor and the psychologist and the psychiatrist deal with it is not how you actually overcome the symptoms of ADHD. You know, it's
0: interesting that you say that too, because I feel like it was one of the videos that you had. And for anybody who's not following Anne-Marie on Instagram, you, you should be. Your content is super informational, and it's also really easy to connect with. You have a way of explaining this where you can say you know I don't experience those symptoms anymore I wouldn't identify as somebody who even has ADHD anymore and when you were speaking about how the system is broken it's also that you're not given the tools to actually help you get there you're given something that essentially allows you to function with the the mental clarity I really feel like the mental clarity was the thing that changed for me but you've found ways to do that sans medication and adjusting your life to fit who you are and how your brain works and how that factors into the things that you want out of life as well. So you became an entrepreneur and before being an ADHD coach, I believe you were doing interior design. Um, it was like cadmetry and stuff. Yeah. I was selling custom kitchens. So it's, it's interesting to me that you were feeling a sense of low self-esteem, but you, you knew what was in there, right? Like you knew that you're meant for something, but you're trying to understand how to propel yourself to your full potential. So can you share a little bit more about that experience and how you carved your path
1: this way? So many people that I talk to with ADHD, especially the business owners that I work with, they all have the same narrative. Like I have so much potential. I know I'm really good at what I do, but I can't execute. I just talked to somebody the other day and she was saying that to me and I was like, oh my God, I almost forget (laughs) like what it's like sometimes because it's so far from me. It's amazing that you're
0: in that place because I feel like just engaging with your content, it gives me this sense of, should I be doing it differently? How should I be doing it differently? How can I hold myself accountable? How can I make decisions that will help me feel The way that you're feeling right now?
1: Well, it's so funny because like when I work with my clients, even like for myself, I've been involved in coaching programs and working with mentors since I started my business, like day one. But so funny, I look back and my dreams, like my total dream, I was like, I just want to earn like six figures in my business and I'm going to be good. And that happened to me uh, after my, I got fired in September. And then basically the next year, I was doing my books and I was like, holy shit, I earned six figures last year. I was like, okay, I think I need to dream like way bigger. (laughs) So like what you were saying, it's like, no matter where you are in your journey, I think we just need to like expand and like really step into what is actually possible for us. I never, ever, ever even knew that it was possible for me to get to this place here. And I really struggled probably for like six months battling with myself because I was like, surely this isn't real. Like, I I struggled to come out with it because I was like, people are going to hate me. People aren't going to believe me. Like I'm not a doctor, you know? And then I actually started finding more and more information to essentially back up what my experience has been. And then I was like, holy shit, you know, this is so possible for so many other people, but everybody is just going in the wrong
0: direction. I feel like what you're saying too, and tell me if you agree with this, is that In seeing tangible results come from the work that you're doing, step away from the financial side of it entirely. First of all, congratulations. Fucking amazing. Good on you. (laughs) Second of all, you decided you were going to create a business so you could help people because you realized that your life changed dramatically in such a positive way. And so one of the things that stands out to me so much about what you do is and how you do it, which I know I, I keep emphasizing, but I think this is really critical is You're not trying to sell something you're trying to explain something and you're trying to help and that's what it feels like it feels like you're hearing one of your best friends be like okay like i can't believe this but this is my experience this is what's happening it's authentic it's real and at the end of the day you have created a program that has produced results that can back that up and so nobody's looking to you to be a doctor they're looking to you to help them in a way that doctors really can't or don't know how, at least in the system as it stands today.
1: Yeah, totally. I love that you brought that up. I talk a lot about, you know, the way that I overcame my symptoms of ADHD didn't happen in a seven minute doctor's visit. So it's like so many things had to be learned and taught in into this experience that I'm having now. But the cool thing was that it, nothing really changed for probably, I would say maybe 16 years, all the years that I was on medication, nothing changed because I was doing the same thing, medication, 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 Relying on it, believing that I couldn't function without it. And it wasn't until I started working with coaches and mentors that everything unraveled really quickly for me.
0: Were you working with other ADHD coaches or mentors in that regard, or just in general, from a business perspective, you were trying to figure out how to move forward and pursue that?
1: No, I never actually worked with an ADHD coach. My very first mentor was a business coach. And I was like, just give me the business strategies. That's all I need. And like, all oh, because <laughs> I actually didn't think there was anything wrong with me. I was like, <laughs> no, I don't need any help. Like I don't need a mindset coach. Pfft, what is that? And then I was like, I signed up to to work with my next mentor who is Jim Fortin. And that's when I was humbled very quickly to realize how much shit I needed to sort out personally, like the stories that I was holding on to all of this stuff. And then ever since then, it's kind of been like a ripple effect of all the other coaches that I've worked with. So I've worked with a mix of transformational and business coaches along the way. And I just think it's so important that when you are looking to Have a shift and transformation. Like for me, I watched Tony Robbins for like four or five years. And I remember saying to my friends, I was like, I don't get it. I've been watching these Tony Robbins videos on YouTube and they've been free. And I don't get why nothing's changing. I'm hoping just one day it'll absorb into my brain. Girl, that's why it wasn't working.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know what it is? Because I understand the sentiment there. I would equate it a bit to my feelings when I started going to therapy almost exactly four years ago and being like, okay, I hate my job. Let me talk about that. And I never imagined being able to be open-minded enough. I don't think I understood that I could be open-minded enough. The term you used was expansion. And I love that my mind had not expanded enough. My experience hadn't given me enough reason to expand it. And in the last four years, it went from being, I hate my job. I don't have a purpose. That's how I started the podcast. I was like, I'm miserable. I don't want to do this job anymore. And then I was like, I guess I'm going to talk about things with people and try to connect. I remember sitting across my therapist. I remember the moment being like, I know my purpose is to connect with people. I know that. I just don't know how to do it. And I don't know how this is going to become anything. I just need to figure out what that means. A big part of it is getting into that frame of mind, The other part of it, and you said this at the start of the conversation is it's the execution. I say constantly self-awareness is the key to personal growth, because if you aren't aware of what you need to change or what would help you or what might help other people by explaining to them who you are and what you need, then you're never going to be feeling that sense of freedom, that sense of peace, that sense of passion Because you're holding on to too many other things. And you made that comment too, right? How do you do that if you're not vulnerable or if you're not willing to ask yourself the hard questions like, what is it that's stopping me from getting where I want to go? And so it sounds like you sort of reached that tipping point where you were like, the way I'm doing this isn't creating the value that I want.
1: Yeah, totally. And I'm I'm so glad that you brought that up because for me to get to this place, the symptoms that I used to experience honestly was like anything and everything under the sun in terms of ADHD, like poor auditory processing, poor reading comprehension, easily distracted, couldn't focus, couldn't sit still really low self-worth. I mean, I remember growing up and my mom saying frequently
0: that she knew I could read well. So she didn't understand why I struggled with reading comprehension. And my mom loved reading my sister reads avidly as well, and I'm totally, um, now that audible is a thing, I'm like, I will just just drill it into my brain so my mind can't get distracted by other things when I'm looking at a page, right? So mm-hmm. it's interesting because I feel like I can retain and comprehend so much better, but to your point, it's like these different ways of learning that weren't really cultivated, especially when we were younger, to be able to promote a different way of addressing those symptoms.
1: Yeah. I read a book the other day, actually, and it was so interesting because as I was reading it, I was like, holy shit, old me could never have gotten this far in a book. I never even would have picked up a book. You said, you know, you've been far
0: from it for a while, which is amazing. So how did you actually come to the decision to be an ADHD coach? What was the inflection point for you where you said, you know what, this is the path I I believe I'm meant to go down right now. And this is where I want to spend my energy and time.
1: Yeah. So interesting. So my friend came to me, uh, I don't know, must've been like a couple of years ago now. And she was like, Oh, I started working with this coach. I'm doing a business. And I was like, what do you mean? She's like, I started working with this business coach. I'm like, give me your information. <laughs> so I reached out to her and I was like, I need you to help me. I don't know what I want to do. And at that time I thought I was going to sell planners. And, um, she was like, no, it's too much overhead, you know, go into coaching kind of thing. And so, I was like playing around with niches. And then I had one of my old friends message me. And at that time I was working in selling custom kitchens and she reached out to me and she said, she saw something that I posted and she goes, how do you have so much success in your career and you have ADHD. She's like, I can't even get my shit together. I messaged my business coach. I was like, Oh my God, I think I know what I can do ADHD coaching. And then we kind of talked about it. I did a little research and then I got cold feet and I was like, I can't do it. I went into the Facebook groups, and I was like, I am absolutely, this ain't happening. I'm not part of many Facebook groups. (laughs) Did you feel too daunting? I just feel like they're full of a lot of victims and people who are just in there to talk about their problems. And I'm just like, this is so not my vibe. I was like, I can't do this. No, I want to work with people who are high vibe, like want to make changes in their life. And then I kind of looked at other things and I was going back and forth. I tried other niches, nothing really stuck. And then I was like, oh my God, I couldn't stop thinking about it. I'm like, okay, I guess obviously people need help. And very clearly many people need help. We figure (laughs) out
0: First of all, how do you get people to... A place where they're ready for the help. I mean, genuinely, when you and I started talking, I remember thinking, oh yeah, that's something that I should really consider doing. (laughs) And as I'm getting back into the podcast and doing this more full time, I was like, I really want to talk to you. I am pulling away from corporate structure, things that I didn't like to begin with, but it kept me accountable to things, at least to some degree. Whereas now it's like my ass is on the line. And I want to do well. And I think that gets to what you were saying about you. can't. I was just talking to my best friend about this two hours ago, how you cannot be a victim of your own circumstance for your entire life. Like You are alive and you have two options. One is bad things happened and you wallow in that and you sit in that and you don't heal and you don't deal with it or you deal with it. And you try to find a way to make your life better. And frankly, if those are the two options, I don't want to be on the side of it where I'm miserable all the time. Like, yes, bad shit has happened to pretty much everybody in this world. And I'm not saying certain things aren't more destructive to our sense of self, but if you look at how resilient human beings can be, Then you have the potential to pull yourself out of it. It comes down to, I think, where you go with your business, which is, it is commitment. You've got what you refer to as a four-step formula called the accomplished mind method. And you speak a lot about the importance of consistency and being able to really drive yourself from a place of structure, which is something that if you have symptoms of ADHD, you are like, I hate structure, but. I'm also not going to get shit done if I don't have some form of structure. (laughs) Can you tell me a little bit about how you got to that place with your methodology and how you ultimately said, this is how I was able to understand that this was my path to success. And this is what I can help people recreate in some variety for their own circumstance. Because I imagine there's some element of tailoring it to a person's experience and who they are and like what they can accommodate in their lives.
1: Of course to what you were saying before about people who are like the victims or you know you can choose a way to thrive i was a victim for many years and i didn't realize i was a victim Right. And so when I made that switch, it was like, okay, cool. Don't get me wrong. I still get into old stories of like self-pity and, you know, feeling sorry for myself, but it's like, I have the awareness, like you were mentioning before. So going back to your question, like, how did I come up with this method, the accomplished mind method? How did I come up with the four-step process to take people through? You were talking about like the other offers that I had too. And it was so interesting, like how I got specifically to this place. I'm going to kind of tie the two together. But when I first started my business, I was in this space and I loved it. like so excited about it. And then my first program was working with women on their confidence with ADHD. It was amazing. It was so much fun. I just, I loved it. I couldn't stop talking to them about business. And I was like, these people don't even have businesses. So I got to work with entrepreneurs. And then I started (laughs) working with entrepreneurs and then they started all asking me like business advice rather than just the transformational stuff. And I freaking love business like so much. So I started a business program And I loved it. It was so much fun, but I was also like the business strategy was muddling my message. My message is get your shit sorted and you can thrive. Right. And this is like all at the time when I was going through this big transformation myself, because I got myself to this place where I didn't experience any of the symptoms, except I couldn't get rid of the scattered energy and the overwhelm. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to have to cope. That's it, whatever. I started going through my own transformation with the processed foods, which was a huge, like, holy shit. I was having the scattered energy from the foods that I was eating. And so that got rid of everything. And then pretty much like dominoes, all my work that I had done on myself and put into myself, it really just shifted everything. And so anyways, I, I started working with a new business mentor with the intention, I was like, I'm going in and I'm going to do the scary thing of putting my head out there and saying what I really believe and honoring what it is. I actually am here on this earth to do. And finally I got to this place where I started interviewing tons of people and basically everybody was saying the same things. I have like 40 or 50 pages. I wrote down just literally word for word, what every single person was saying. And then I went through it with a fine tooth comb, like figured out how many times like focus and consistency showed up and like just all the main core similarities that people were struggling with. Mm -hmm. And so once I had that organized, then I, um, yeah, I was like, okay, this is how I got myself to point B. And I really kind of just like worked backwards with everything. And then as soon as I created the the updated version of the accomplished mind method, cause I've had this for a while, but once I, I got to this version of it, I was like, Oh my God, this is, this is it. And I just feel so aligned, like so good because it is every single freaking thing that I do in my life to get myself to a place where I don't experience ADHD anymore. Now, I never promise my clients that because everybody's different. I don't know. Somebody's I, I tell my clients, I don't know if your symptoms are ever going to go away, but I can promise you'll be more focused and consistent.
0: That's a really powerful statement because that is what people need. I think people in general need that regardless of ADHD. Um, for us, it's definitely harder based on sort of the, uh, the executive dysfunction, which I think is also an important thing to acknowledge, right? Um, somebody who's listening to this and considers ADHD, it's attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, right? So the misnomer is it, it, we've latched on to this idea that it is essentially a lack of attention. And I hear a lot of people talking about it and we're like, it's not that I can't focus. It's that when I am focused, I'm like really fucking focused and you're going to have a hard time pulling me out of it. Or I point my energy towards the wrong thing. And now I'm focused on it until I decide that that's no longer the thing I'm doing. The other part of it that I think is really challenging, especially when you are either working for someone else or you're running your own business and you are doing all of it, is that there's a bunch of shit you don't want to do and you have to do it. And so you yes. sit there and you're like, I have to do this. And you're like, I don't want to do it. I'm not going to I'm not going to do that today. I'm going to I'm going to do that tomorrow. And
1: <laughs> tomorrow <Yeah>. never comes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure.
0: And the real that you posted. It's like, I'm going to totally be focused today. Like I'm going to get things done. And it's like, Oh no, no, I went down the wrong path. Oh, the day's gone. So if you don't have the accountability to yourself, that it does become more difficult to sustain your um, professionalism. The last job I was at, there were plenty of things that I could have critiqued about the business that would have been reasons I would have wanted to leave. But what I realized the most was I'm not happy doing what I'm doing, regardless of where that is. This is not my purpose. This is not where I'm going to thrive. This is not the best use of my abilities as a human being. I can do tech work. I can be a product manager. Okay. But my lifeblood, my ability to move through this world with a sense of self-esteem with a sense of purpose, with a sense of understanding and empathy is to have conversations like this and to understand people more and apply that in a way that is so much more deeply rooted in the human aspect of it. So I'm kind of curious, You've gone through this process. You've helped other people through this process in your business. What have you learned about yourself from your clients? What's helped you grow? There must be sort of a two-way street there, right? I I think Mm -hmm. it's hard not to have a mutual learning when you're advancing somebody else and they're part of that journey with you.
1: Yeah. Oh my gosh. No, I think that everybody is such a reflection and every day I'm always Learning, learning about myself, seeing myself and my clients, seeing how I can improve the system or the way that I communicate. Or, yeah, it's, it's so many learnings. It's just like beautiful and amazing because one of the biggest things is communication is literally everything. Oh, yeah. And, and so that's been something that's really, really important. And um, I think learning too is just, we are all the same. You know, what's possible for one person is possible for another. And I love, love, love so much working with my clients and just like seeing them grow and seeing them succeed and seeing them thrive. And sometimes they really hate me for it. And it's like, (laughs) I have to trust that like, shit, we had a difficult call but I had to have that conversation with them. And it wasn't maybe necessarily they wanted to have a conversation about, and maybe it wasn't something that I wanted to have a conversation about, but it has to happen, right? Yeah, (laughs) There'll be times when I'm struggling with something personally and I'll see that reflected in my clients. And so we're all just mirrors of each other. We are literally all attached. It's just awesome.
0: I really like the way that you spoke to that, how our emotions impact other people. Empathy is sort of the, it's the linchpin really. I think for humanity in a lot of ways, one of the things that is so important when we consider how we interact with other people is seeking to understand, not just seeking to understand them, but seeking to understand yourself and how you respond to each other. When you started your business, how did you ultimately sort of kick off and start finding clients? And then from there, what advice would you give to someone who's considering working with an ADHD coach?
1: So my business has always been based off of Facebook and Instagram, mostly just Instagram these days, actually. Um, I do have a podcast that I've paused for the moment. I got through a whole year of episodes and then it started to feel like really heavy. But yeah, I think that when people are looking for an ADHD coach, right? Like the way that I hire all my coaches is, will I like swap places with this person? Do I like the way that they're showing up? I like that as a litmus test. I mean, honestly, like you're learning someone's framework of how they live their lives. And if you're not fully on board with that person's vibe, don't do it right i have invested in mentors before and i remember i was like mm, i'm not 100% i'm going to do their lower ticket offer and then i got in their lower ticket offer i was like no this is not for me right now so i just think it's really when you're choosing somebody to work with like trust your intuition like hardcore you know yeah. pretty much all the people that i've worked with there was only that one time when i was like debating between two people but the one i've been following her for years i wish i pulled the trigger way sooner on working with her because It's changed my freaking entire business.
0: That's no small feat. And that's the type of thing that when you do connect with somebody and somebody who has your best interest in mind, and it also happens to be their business. I mean, I feel like part of what we lose sight of sometimes is positions where coaches are involved. I just said this the other day, but you're seeing more and more people want to be involved in that because they want more of the human connection. And we've spent so much time getting bogged down with, this is what I do. This is what I'm supposed to do. This is the path that I'm going to go on. And this is why it's going to be this way. And we just sort of allow life to guide us where it wants us to go instead of allowing ourselves to, to really, yeah, exactly. I want to find the ideal scenarios for myself and those things will change over time. I'm sure, you know, setting milestones, setting goals, but being flexible in that being willing to acknowledge that you might not achieve it the same way that you thought you would, or maybe you don't want to um, continue down that path after you start. I feel like that's such a big part of it is we in relationships and business, and I'm sure just life overall, you think time invested, time invested, I should just stick it out. I should just deal with it. So to your point, if you have a coach that doesn't feel like they fit, the more time you spend there, the more you're sort of betraying yourself in that.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. And, you know, I think for me, like when I invested in my first coach, it absolutely terrified the living daylights out of me. I did not have the money for it. And I was like, I don't know how I'm going to make this work. I didn't have a credit card. And I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to find a way to make it work. And it was in that moment of certainty and clarity that I needed this for myself. I needed this to help me move forward because I didn't have the answers, you know? And I just think that's what I love so much about coaching is I've invested a lot of money into myself and into my business. I never, ever, ever invest into a mentor. I invest into me and I'm betting on me that I'm going to go into that program and I'm going to freaking absolutely crush it and knock it out of the park. And I think that's what stops a lot of people is they're like, oh, well, I don't know the uncertainty. Like you don't know what the outcome is going to be. Yeah. And so you have to be willing to like, go all in on yourself and trust yourself that you're going to find a way to make it work because your brain doesn't like the uncertainty. It doesn't know what's on the other side. Who are you going to become? And what is that going to look like? And so ego stops you, ego prevents you. And it's like, just take the freaking leap. Like if you're researching somebody today and they speak to you, just go and message them. It doesn't have to be this huge, big thing. I always talk to people because I think the the coaches that are not operating out of integrity are the ones who accept anybody who comes into their program. And to be honest, that used to be me because I didn't realize, I didn't even know how to vet my clients to bring them into my programs. Mm -hmm. I would say yes to everybody. And now I do not at all. It's like, we get on a call and if you're actually a good fit for me, I will let you know. And if you're not, I will also let you know. It's a really empowering thing. I believe
0: when you realize that That you can make the choice. It is your business. It is your life. And you have the freedom to make that choice. And this is something that I say probably on a near daily basis because I'm constantly talking to people about sort of overall conflict resolution, whether that's with yourself or with someone else. And it's that I spent a lot of time in my life really trying to make sure nobody else was uncomfortable. And Therefore, I did not acknowledge how supremely uncomfortable I was so much of the time. And so you're betraying yourself in a way because you think, okay, well, as long as that person's happy, or as long as nobody's fighting and like, I'm not really, you know, I I don't feel either way about it. Who cares? It's fine. I'm indifferent. But I would rather confront something, I would rather deal with an uncomfortable situation. Right away, or as soon as you can. Let's say it's like a a disagreement with somebody. Sometimes it's not always the best thing to go right after it right away. I've learned that Um, (laughs) about myself. I can. (laughs) I'm like, I need answers now. (laughs) No, Um, you cannot go for a walk around. Exactly. No, you sit here and you solve this with me immediately. (laughs) But I do think that that's part of it is that it's giving yourself the space, having the knowledge that you need the space, even when you feel like you might want to get right into it, right? And so, if you decide that you're uncomfortable, then the next step should be, how do I fix that? How do I stop feeling so uncomfortable? And this could apply in so many aspects of our lives. Think about what you're wearing. Think about what you do for work. Think about the relationships that you're in. You know, what are you eating? It's everywhere. You just have to make the decision. You have to make the choice that you don't want to be uncomfortable anymore. And in order to do that, what are the steps that you have to take? To find a place of comfort and it doesn't mean that you're not human anymore and you're just fine all the time because you're not so it's like my philosophy personally and professionally is deal with the discomfort as soon as you possibly can because I'd rather be uncomfortable for a little while than uncomfortable in perpetuity right who the fuck wants to be uncomfortable all the time.
1: I think it's like you get to choose your level of discomfort, the level of transformation that I've gone through and that I help my clients go through. It's uncomfortable AF, right? Changing the way that you operate, changing the way that you think, changing your habits. I was just talking to a client today and it was like, how do you just start doing less better? That is really uncomfortable because we're so used to like, just go, 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 do, 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 do that learning how to do less, but be better at it and sit with the discomfort of, Oh, I actually have more time on my hands to enjoy my life. Like that is uncomfortable. You're always going to have discomfort, but it's, I actually would say that many people are in agreement and they're comfortable with where they're at right now. Because if you weren't in agreement with it, you wouldn't be there. And that's when you change.
0: You're totally right. It's genuinely how I've been feeling and it's why I hold myself back from things. It's like, oh my gosh, like I really wanna do this but then I have to deal with the discomfort of it. Oh, I don't wanna deal with the discomfort of it. Um, Hey, you know what keeps you in a really bad relationship for over a decade? Realizing you're uncomfortable and doing nothing about it, right? Yeah. Or doing things that you think are going to change it but you're clearly seeing the results are not changing. And it's the same thing where I was in tech for 15 years. I graduated with a film degree. I did not want to be at a desk job the way that I was for so long. And it was like, I just became accustomed to my life being kind of uncomfortable all the time. So mm-hmm. it felt normal.
1: Yeah. One of my coaches, she said the most powerful thing, Lisa Carpenter. She said to me one time, where are you committed to your own suffering? Ooh. That's ooh. Ooh. When I talk about that in therapy, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. I spoke to one of my clients last week too. And The whole thing that I do and and work with my clients on is identity-based transformation. So you, as the version of you right now cannot achieve what you want to create. You literally have to become a different person.
0: Dude, I love that. I love that so much. It completely fits with who the fuck you are. Like, that's the entire point. Who are you? Who are you right now in this moment? Who are you, and that can evolve, and that should evolve because yeah. that's who we are as human
1: beings. Yeah, totally. And I was kind of challenging her because I was like, "You're so committed to hanging on to your old identity. Like, fucking let it go." And she was like, "No, is that one of no. those uncomfortable
0: conversations you don't want to
1: have? Yeah, <laughs> some of them in a really good way. I actually really like them, you know, because I know that that is the growth, the push. It's like little bird, fly. Yes. Yeah. Like stop shackling yourself to your past. Everybody lives their lives. Like they're dragging all these dead bodies of their past through. It's like, let it go. Literally let it go and actually allow yourself to step into a different version of yourself. And that looks like somebody who complains all the time that, Oh my God, life is so hard. Why don't I like myself yet? Everybody else seems to like thrive. I just can't seem to stop being scattered. I'm so overwhelmed. It's like, you're committed to that. Let it go. (laughs)
0: Oh my gosh. I feel like such kindred spirits, Anne-Marie. I feel like it's so great when you meet people that are in a place in life that feels so similar in your understanding of how to achieve the life that you want and not considering it in terms of status, but in personal Mm -hmm. growth. And I actually said this to my therapist a few weeks ago. I said, wouldn't it be really cool if we measured success by like the people who had done the work you know, like really done the work, not not the dollars and the power and the bullshit because you're the least personally enriched people, emotionally enriched people because you're so focused on the, the tactile, you know, way to exist and, and show up and be seen that it's like, have you asked yourself why that's so important? Have you decided why you need that? Because for me, I look at it and I think if you, aren't willing to acknowledge that you have more aspects to yourself that could help you grow more, then you aren't going to be able to honestly help other people as much as you could. And and Mm -hmm. I think that that's where sometimes I feel like I get on a little bit of a moral high ground about it. And it's not to be an asshole. It's genuinely because I can't understand it. I can't grasp. How people don't just inherently think in a way that is, how do we uplift everyone? How do we help bring everyone forward into that part of themselves that we all deserve to have? So I want to make sure I get to the last question because we're talking about evolution. I feel like this rounded out really nicely. Um, For two people who deal with ADHD, I feel pretty good about how on topic we've stayed. (laughs) Nailed it. So- Do you feel that where you're at right now is your calling and you see yourself growing with this continuously? Obviously you don't know what the future holds, could be a lot of other things, but when you really consider it, does it feel like just the beginning of where you want to go?
1: Yeah. 5,000%. Like this is no shadow of a doubt. My mission here on earth, my mission is to come here and show people there's a better fucking way than struggling and suffering with ADHD. There's times even in my business when I'm like, oh, you know, times are hard, you know, it's business, whatever. And then for five seconds, I'll have a thought, like, maybe I should go work for somebody else, or maybe I should do something else. And it's not even a question because this is my whole life's work coming to The moment of time now, and there's no way that I would have been led to all these amazing discoveries and understandings and all this stuff for me to get here. And I know that I was going through such a difficult time recently to really honor myself and speak my truth and to say what my experience has been because I think that was like part of the journey, right? And now even I'm stepping into different evolutions of like, just say what you want to say. Just say what you want to fucking say, (laughs) right? And so it's like, I just create content way more with intention. Like everything is flowing through me. It's my life's work. There's no doubt in my mind that this is where I'm supposed to be and that I am number one. If people haven't heard of me now, they're going to because that's my purpose.
0: I really enjoy that you said it's your life's work. It's so mission and purpose driven when you say something like that. What you said about just say what you want to say, like just say it. Because the thing is, if you censor yourself so much that you're compromising who you are. And I spent so much of my life compromising who I am because I didn't want other people to be uncomfortable. Or I didn't want to feel uncomfortable with their discomfort. Cause that's the yeah. other part of it. Yes. Right? Cause that is part yes. of it. That's, to get to the therapy part that I'm going to have to talk about tomorrow. Now that is part of what I've been holding on to. It was the
1: feeling of.
0: It makes me uncomfortable when they're uncomfortable. So, I'll oh my sure God.
1: Yes. Not. I'm so glad you shared this with me because it was diluting my message. And this week I set the intention. I was like, no fucking more. I'm not diluting it anymore. And this is how it. it's like coming out. I'm just saying through my experience, what I am and who I am. And I don't care if people don't agree with me because it's just not how it is. Right. But it's just, it's taken time to get to this place. And I can tell by your experience as well. It's taken you time to get to a place where you're honoring yourself and and you're at a place where you're so confident. It's
0: mind-blowing because I look at who I was before and I don't even recognize me. And I think the part that always fascinates me about it too, is that people will always have an opinion, right? And my friend Dustin, he's always saying I'm not for everybody. And I think it's exactly the mentality that we all need to be existing in this world. with. If you can be a kind, empathetic, passionate person who treats people well, and who is kind to yourself, it's okay if you don't like me. And I don't expect everyone to love everything I do or who I am. But My sister said this to me years ago, like, come at it from a place of love. And I remember this was way before I was in therapy. And I was like, have you done therapy? Because that doesn't sound like something we heard growing up. Come from, like, my parents (laughs) were very loving people. And they told us they loved us a lot. But I can hear my mother's eyes rolling from the other side. But I think our generation is so hungry for a sense of understanding about ourselves that this is where we start to reconstruct the story. And so much of it is like break the cycle, right? But it's also... We talk about breaking the cycle, but we don't often talk about starting the new cycle and what that really means because you're breaking the cycle also means now you're propelling yourself forward and you're building something that is special and significant in a way that you personally are doing that. You're not just pulling away from something, you're moving towards something greater and something more beautiful and refined and towards your actual sense of being and belonging. So this is a great way to wrap up. What's something about yourself? that you would want to share with people so they could understand you better to build a stronger connection?
1: The one thing that, you know, I would want people to take away is that I am here for you to step into your highest potential. I want other people to shine so fucking bright that everybody is like magnetized to that person. Because when you're actually in that space is when the world changes you change the world by being your happiest truest like best expression ever that's genuinely what i want for people the reason that i got into coaching was because i love life so much and i just want other people to experience the same magic and excitement that i feel every day and i see a lot of suffering unnecessary suffering i already look back on my life and i'm like shit man i could die tomorrow and that was like the best ride ever if you do the work
0: and you prioritize your well-being and what you want, then the stuff that was shitty, yeah, it happened, but it also got you all that good stuff. Yeah. It brought you to a place where you could appreciate the good. You could find more good. You could create more good.
1: Yeah. Oh my God. Totally. And I just think that the world is a better place when people are happier and they love themselves and they are just in this amazing spot. I feel the exact same way. I have it written on my whiteboard desk.
0: That when I made the decision to leave my job, I was like, my purpose is to help people live better lives so they can find more joy in what they're doing through compassionate conversations. Because we learn so much about ourselves when we connect with other people. And I wouldn't be where I am right now if I hadn't met all of the people I've met in my life, good, bad, and indifferent, probably. Because sometimes you have a moment with a stranger at an airport or in the grocery store and your day changes.
1: Yeah, totally. Totally.
0: And- if we can embody that and bring that to more people, like that's what it's about. I really appreciate you, Anne-Marie. And and thank you so much for joining. And for anybody who didn't catch it earlier, Anne-Marie is the host of the ADHD Refresh podcast. You can check that out wherever you get your podcasts. She's also a transformational ADHD coach. So I will leave all of her information in the show notes for you guys. And you can check it out and see if you and Anne-Marie might be a good fit for each other.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Nikki. It's been so fun.
0: Ah, uh, yes. I'm so grateful. And I feel like this is just the beginning, you know, um, and this is, this is two people right now connecting that are going to help lift each other up and help lift a lot of people up in the process. I hope
1: 100%. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate you.
0: Thanks for listening to who the fuck. And if you like what you hear, share the show with your friends, family, coworkers, or anyone else you think needs a healthy dose of introspection and raw authenticity. Feel free to rate and review wherever you get your podcasts. It's always appreciated. And you can also visit whothefck.com to check out more content. Plus, you can follow me on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at whothefck underscore pod to keep up to date with what's new in my world and for exclusive bonus content. Catch you on the flip side.